Hello everyone, very special, amazing news. If you've clicked on this, you've no doubt seen that is the Brawl for All episode. An episode which we thought was lost forever. Back from the dead. Back from the dead. Yeah. There ain't no grave can hold Brawl for All down. And we have, uh, we have one man to thank for this. We had a couple of people who you know, offered to, to help and fix, uh, you know, the... The, the broken episode after Mayhem in Manchester went out. Uh, a lot of those people just thought it, you know, it was still unsavable. One or two people were just doing it so they could hear the, the, the incredibly crapped up audio version. Cheeky yeah. bastards. Cheeky. I see what you tried to do there, but there was naughty one, boys. Naughty boys. There was one man, one one rogue who stood out amongst the, the masses who stepped up to the plate, fixed the audio, and now you can hear brawl for all. And that man is Kellen Scrivens. The baddest man on the planet. Thank you. First of all, thanks very much, Kellen Scrivens. And by means of thanks, we're going to plug his podcast. Well, you guys can plug it. I'm just going to be Leo Kruger, if that's... Well, he lived up to his end of the deal. We're going to live up to ours. When I was a little boy and all the children asked me my name... They all laughed. You just say it word for word. They're laughing at you, Kellen. They're laughing. Thank at you so you. much, Kellen. We really, really appreciate it because Dada. We felt sure the episode was gone forever. So yeah. thank you a bunch. Do you want to give a little plug for his stuff as a special way of saying all, thanks? All I'm saying is my eyes have seen what they see. Come on, Kevin. <laughs> let's thank this man for his generous. Kellen work. has a podcast called the An Amazing Podcast. It is about anime. It is available on earth2.net and on iTunes. Just search An Amazing Podcast. I was going to uh, try and come up with some puns surrounding uh, anime title names. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a casual anime fan. I'm a casual anime fan. You'd be, more, you'd be more, more into it than I would. I yeah, there's a, there's a couple, fair couple I quite like. But uh, saying that, couldn't think of any puns. It's all Japanese. Don't speak it. Shine couldn't on. come up with any puns, you know, simple as that. <laughs> you tried. I tried and I failed. Some people call you the Space Cowboy Bebop. I don't know, is that Yeah, right? I don't Weep, know. Jesus. I went on a Yahoo Answers thing and it was, uh, it's like anime puns, it was like best anime puns and some guy just wrote the worst ones. Uh, just they weren't even puns; they were just like little sentences, which just so happened to have the name of an anime. You were in trying it. to cheat. Looking I wasn't trying to cheat. Puns. Uh, well, no, I was trying to have a look to try and get inspiration, but all the uh, inspiration I could possibly get was utter dog shit. Well, I get the feeling we've gone off the rails a little bit here. So once again, an amazing you. podcast, Earth and on iTunes. If you're an anime fan, check it out. Follow him on Twitter at Kellen Scrivens, K E L L and E N S C R I V E N S Shield Denon. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find him on Facebook as well at Kellen Scrivens. Thanks very much, Kellen. And now you all get to subject yourselves to the absolute misery that is the brawl for all. to the Attitude Era podcast bonus episode special edition. Hi, I'm Kevin Mann, uh, joined alongside, as always, by my colleagues and cohorts in this review of the Attitude Era. First, it's uh, Adam Bibolo. Hello, Adam. Ahoy there, Kevin. Have you got bonus episode fever? 
I have. Uh, I was really excited to do a bonus episode. Then I found out it was Brawl for All, and the excitement died down a little bit. Yeah, uh, it is Brawl for All, and officially, because it's Brawl for All, I'm joined at this time by unquestionably the baddest man, the baddest man, the baddest man on the planet, Mr. Billy Keeble. Hi, Billy. Hello. You didn't know what Brawl for All was literally up until the moment we asked you around the house yesterday to watch it. No, I didn't. Um, you, you, I, I remembered some things. I was just listening back to old podcasts when we talked about this in... Uh, what podcast? The Ring. Maybe. King of the Ring or something like yeah. that. We were talking about it and I heard, I heard the term um, shoot tournament. Um, which made me think of something completely different as to what it could be. <laughs> Shoot, um, Troy was like Paul Heyman and CM Punk. Basically yeah. rap battles. Rap yeah. battles. Yeah. I, I thought it was going to be, you know, just meet, meet in the ring and just diss each other. Now, you see, um, I actually would prefer to watch that to the real Brawl yeah. for All. But you know exactly what would happen in this kind of instance. You have some nice moments and nice insider references and Coca-Cola gets mentioned. Then it gets, <laughs> it, it gets built up to a point and then CM Punk's like, well, I had sex with your wife. And then everyone gets upset. Or worse, yeah, it'll be like, this is Phil Brook talking to Paul Levesque. (laughs) I hired you in 2011 because I thought that you could adequately provide for this... Oh, fuck. Hate that. Ben Zachryder will complain about it on Twitter. (laughs) No, unfortunately, this is a shoot tournament of a different sort. It's the world's first and last combo-modified boxing wrestling tournament. It's Brawl for All, it's awful, and we're going to review it. First ever Brawl for It All competition here in the World Wrestling Federation or anywhere else for that matter. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Tim Ross, alongside Jerry the King Lawler. And King, this is a unique hybrid of boxing and wrestling. Well, WWF is always the innovator, and I'm going to let you go over the rules in a second, but this is a combination combat. You can wrestle, you can box, you can throw down your opponent. Tell them the rules, JR. Three one-minute rounds, ladies and gentlemen, point system in effect. The most punches per round will earn you five points. For each takedown you earn, you will receive five points. And for each knockdown you earn, you will receive ten points. The legendary Danny Hodge will be the official for this contest. And a knockdown ends the brawl. No, a knockout. <laughs> that a uh, fucking. It's been in my head for the past 12 hours. <laughs> what, the Brawl for All music? No, no, the Jeff Jarrett music. Oh, okay. <laughs> Brawl for All music, not very. Um, yeah. Bland. It's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. But very bland. And uh, as we watched the whole two hour. Uh, compilation. Compilation of Brawl for All. So, some very bland music. We watched it all. The whole two-hour compilation uh, over how many months did, did Brawl uh, It took from June until August, so it was nine weeks in total. Well, we watched nine weeks of Brawl for All in one sitting, which is more than anyone should have to do. I, I hope the listeners actually appreciate what we're yeah. doing here. And uh, the music, just the same same simple music over and over again. I mean, I wouldn't mind, like, I'm a fan of Jim Johnson's music, and there's a mm. couple of his tracks which I wouldn't mind having on repeat. You know, not so. You can play Dan Severn's music. You can play the Unforgiven music on repeat yeah. for that length of time. Yeah. Brawl for all, which later went on to become Ezekiel Jackson's entrance music. That should tell you there. Yeah, that that is a mark to its indicator of it. Yeah. yeah. So uninspired music. Uninspired. Okay, so the genesis of the idea came. It was like 1998, and we mentioned uh, UFC like getting some partnership and stuff from WWF at this time before. Uh, UFC was not the big, glamorous, multi-trillion dollar massive sport it is now. It was viewed on as being 
uh, human cockfighting, uh, John McCain called it at one point. Really? So, yeah. But uh, it had this, like, you know, there was all this stuff about people wanting to, to ban this no-holds-barred kind of fighting, and it was always in the news, and people were always complaining. And so, obviously, because it was, you know, counterculture and, you know, edgy and against the grain, WWF decided to capitalize on it. So this came from Vince Russo. Well, allegedly it came from Vince Russo. I haven't been able to find out if it was 100% his idea or not. But the rules of the Brawl for All tournament were as follows. We had three one-minute rounds, a point system in effect, with the most punches per round was five points. A takedown got you five points, and a knockdown got you ten points. The wrestlers in it were all wearing gloves, and it was completely uh, voluntary. So there was no, no one was made to do it. Only the guys in the back that wanted to do it. Exactly, which is why we got a very colourful undercard (laughs) (laughs) flavour. Well, it gives you a good idea of who's like really, really legitimately up for it as well. Well, gives you an idea of how bloated the roster is. These guys are all on payroll and they haven't been around on TV. That being said, say like one of the main eventers wanted to do it, I'm sure they wouldn't have let them do it just for the sake of, you know, possibly being injured or putting themselves out. Well, that's interesting what you said because allegedly Ken Shamrock was told he wasn't allowed to do it. Really? Yeah, allegedly he was told he wasn't allowed to do it. The, the rules are kind of... It's hard because we're, we're calculating after the end of these rounds all these points, but it seems to be at best a rough guess. It's, it's so it arbitrary. It doesn't make sense, yeah. the, the point system at all. Several moments where we were just scratching our heads and what 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 did we just watch? Why does that make sense? And the big thing is, okay, was that, Billy, you, <laughs> the first things you said to me was, why are they fighting? And I realised that it was never made clear, like, for the first eight weeks. And on week nine, at the final, they're like, oh, the winner gets 75 grand of this fight. Yeah. And the loser gets... The winner gets 50. Loser gets 25. Loser gets 25. Yeah, so there was... They could have mentioned that at the start. It would have been a little bit clearer why it's going on. Yeah. Another thing I heard as well, I don't know if this is true or not, but apparently the, the, the backstage scuttlebutt, so to speak, was that everyone who, every fight you were in, you got five grand. As in, they didn't care who won or lost the those fights it was just you got everyone who participated yeah. got five grand okay so there was incentive there so what's the case that you know someone seems was like very back alley underground sort of very Ill- illegitimate doesn't it a little weird yeah yeah it's just kind of like a, it's like a softball sign-up sheet in the lobby except yeah. a lot more sinister i mean obviously you can go one way is that obviously it's nice that they didn't like book people to fight for real because that would have been really manipulative However, had they done that, they might have put in people who had some interesting feuds and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. this might have actually been worth watching. But anyway, that's the overview. That It took up around maybe 15 minutes of each episode of Raw for nine weeks. So in total, it was two, a little bit over two hours. It doesn't sound hours. like much, but good lord. What's well, an episode of like Raw, it. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like a whole episode and of Raw. And even just watching these one-minute rounds, I swear... Each one-minute round lasted five minutes. It felt it was, like it, didn't it, it? It's so dull. Yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know if anyone can uh, can tell at home or not, but we found this very difficult to watch. This was was a real long, tough, real tough. So we're going to get into the uh, the meat of the tournament, so to speak. It's time to go to our tournament brackets. We're going to go through not every single fight by fight because most fights, fuck uh, all, happened. Yeah, but we're going to maybe mention who was involved in the first rounds uh, at least. We got Steve Blackman versus Mark Merrow. We've got Mark Canterbury versus Bradshaw. Mark Canterbury, of course, of Southern Justice fame. Of course, yeah. The one who was not media. (laughs) Bracus taking on Savio Vega. We've got Draws taking on Road Warrior Hawk. Bart Gunn taking on his partner, Bob Holly. Quebecer Pierre taking on uh, Dr. Death, Steve Williams. The Godfather taking on Dan the B7. And Eight Ball, only one was programmed for this, taking on Scorpio. So, what I like at the start of this is that Every now and then you get uh, some of the, the some of the uh, fighters you get little backstage vignettes. Not it's not even a vignette. It's just here is a 
Here is Steve Batman, he's shadow boxing. But uh, as soon as I saw it, the first thing that I could see in my mind was Mac from It's Always Sunny. <laughs> just doing his crunch. <laughs> I just all I could see that, and that's made me laugh. We get uh, Steve Blackman putting on a clinic to start things off. Unfortunately, it goes quickly downhill from here. Our very first fight is Mark Merrow taking on Steve Blackman. A common theme coming out of this is Jim Ross constantly saying that they're out of their element. Take a shot every time he says they're out of their element. Yeah, and you, why is he saying that? It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. They're out of their element. They're doing a bad job. That's like, why the show is so bad, because so many people are out of their element. <laughs> us three are quite lucky, because we enjoy wrestling and UFC, so we can appreciate both kinds of like, yeah. you know, the styles going on here. But wrestling fans want to watch wrestling, and you know, shoot fighting fans want to watch shoot fighting, and what you've got here is neither of them, because these guys don't know how to do it properly. Mira, who doesn't know how to wrestle or box. <laughs> Just not told that he was an amateur boxer and a professional wrestler, he's neither. <laughs> Basically, Mark Merrow is just a man in the middle yeah. of the ring. A man who is fighting and Blackman. It is kind of funny because you obviously got Blackman taking on Merrow in a shoot fight, and it's like kind of straight away, it's like you're like, oh, this is going to be awesome, Blackman's going to kill him. But yeah. it doesn't go down like that. What instead happens is Merrow and Blackman get gassed for five seconds, neither man can throw a punch really that well because they're not really conditioned for doing that, and then the crowd turn on them within 10 seconds. Yeah. Yep. And it becomes increasingly unlikely that we're going to see many knockouts in this. So you realise you got around 180 seconds of crowds chanting, we want wrestling for every yeah. single yeah. one of these. It's actually quite funny, as, it, as the tournament goes on, that brawl for all music, it becomes almost like a Pavlovian response. As the lights get dimmed and that music kicks up, everyone in the crowd starts muttering and grumbling. <laughs> Something I uh, brought up with you yesterday I want to point out here is that obviously with the brawl for all tournament, they have uh, they change the ring, don't they? They put in like a proper box-style ring with the, yes. the proper big ropes. Uh, which means that if you're a fan uh, attending Raw, you're going to have to sit there after having like a big awesome promo from Steve Austin or whatever. You're going to have to sit there and watch the guys come out and then change the ropes, take it all apart, put the new ones in. Then you're going to have to watch this god-awful, boring-ass fucking Brawl for All tournament. You're going to have to watch this awful Brawl for All fighting, which for no one wants. For only 15 minutes. For 15 minutes, and then watch them reassemble the ring again, and uh, then try and get back into Raw after that. It and seems I, think, like I think that's the most important thing about it, is that these segments only lasted 15 minutes. All of that effort... And all of, that, <laughs> yeah. all of the effort and all of like you know the extra work that fucking ring hands had to do yeah. for this fucking fifteen minute shitty little thing every week. But what I'm saying is, don't you think it must kill the momentum of like a Monday Night Raw? If you're oh yeah, yeah definitely. Crowd, you, you must be bored stiff, and then you got to try and get back into the uh, the feeling of it after that. It must be so difficult. Here, if I'm watching fucking Mark Merrow and Steve Blackman struggle to throw a punch, I'm going to turn over to WCW Nitro immediately. immediately. Yeah. It's '98. WCW still was actually you know. You, a legitimate but it's better than this yeah. <laughs> if they could come up with 15 minutes better than this I'm pretty sure oh yeah another thing which we noticed straight away after the first match is that uh, when they're showing the replays afterwards because obviously jack shit happens here they just speed it up like they put it on like 200% speed so you get this amazing little shot of Steve Blackman and Mark Mirror just rolling around the ring like it's a Benny Hill <laughs> Um, yeah, so in the first uh, fight, uh, Steve Blackman beats Mark Merrow by uh, points, which will be a recurring theme in yeah, tonight's uh, winning by points in, in, in that Blackman punched Merrow loads of times, and only, uh, according to the points, he only got one punch in. It's judge's decision time! Judge's decision! <laughs> no TKO's here! <laughs> yeah, no, not a lot of uh, sense made here. So yeah, Blackman beats beats Merrow uh, on decision, apparently. We get Jim Ross coming out with this golden nugget of a line at the end of, the, of this fight, which he says, A wrestler will always beat a boxer. So this tournament is pointless then, basically. Yeah, that's it. that, It's, like, it's the it, first yeah. ever that's combo boxing wrestling tournament. And they're already saying it's like... Wrestler's going to win. Hey, it's like the first ever Pokemon water fire tournament. Who's going to win? <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> I fucking wonder. 
Moving on now, our second fight, and we got another nice, like, Street Fighter 2 little vignette almost of Bradshaw beating the shit out of this big old boxing bag. And you can tell it's, like, not a trained fighter because he's, like, basically throwing it over right. well, no, that, that continues as soon as this match uh, starts it's Bradshaw versus Mark Canterbury yeah. and uh, the first thing that these two guys uh, do is run at each other and start flapping their arms at each other just flailing like a stereotypical nerd fight you know what I mean get nerds are slapping at each other I was like rock'em like sock'em robots I thought <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a little bit like that too at one point Canterbury gets punched and his head goes up on a giant uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jim Ross once again uh, repeats this match that they're out of their elements both guys get gassed and we get a massive boring chant Bradshaw wins on points. Moving on, we're getting Brackus and Savio Vega. I don't know who either of these men are. Well, okay. Savio Vega was a big deal in maybe the new generation. He was mm. like a, a Latino guy and he came out and yeah. he high-fived everyone. He was a good guy. Very, very boring. Mid-car dude. Yeah. And then like Attitude Era came by and he was still on a big, long contract. So he formed Los Barricas, which was the Mexican version of DOA, basically. Mírame los ojos cuando digas mi nombre. No me confrontes si no eres un hombre. Yeah. I had no idea he was still around till we watched this. Yeah. I can't believe that. Because he's still there that entire time. His music plays, Los Barricos' music plays because he wins this and it's just like straight away everyone's just like, what? That music? He's still here? Like, it's, <laughs> That's who that is? Yeah. Brachus. Brachus appeared in a series of vignettes where he's like, Ich bin Brachus und ich komme zum World Wrestling Federation. God. Ich werde Triple H. Uh, <laughs> you know. Brackus, he's a big man on steroids. He's on the gas. Do you see the size of him? Yeah, yeah, enormous man. He made a few appearances for ECW during a talent exchange. Never did anything. Um, wasn't a very good shoot fighter either, unfortunately. Just, just a big German man. They keep calling him a strong man, like he's like they've brought him over from a circus. Yeah, but you know, he's it's not it's nothing really like of, of note. I mean, Brackus is just like it's it's the worst of the worst. Brackus has this fight, and he's just like flailing around it's a bodybuilder like he yeah. can't wrestle and he can't fight it's so so awful and I'm pissed off as well because everyone's coming out in their civvies and no one is rocking the Zubas not, no, no one not a single one no. you get a nice mix between guys who come out in their gym gear and then guys like in our next fight Road Warrior Hawk versus Draws who <laughs> <laughs> yeah. comes out in fucking full LOD makeup yeah. Yeah. soon gets warped off doesn't it it's pretty bad Draws Hawk wrestle around a bit ends in a no contest yeah and the funniest moment of this one is at the end, to try and keep their little storyline going at the moment, you know, Draws trying to oust Hawk from the LOD. Hawk does a respect spot where he's going to lift up Draws's hand, but he can't because of the boxing gloves. <laughs> so he just touches him on the wrist, uh, wrist and then Draws slowly raises his left hand, <laughs> looking confused. Okay, we mentioned this one on the King of the Ring, Bart and Bob Holly. Midnight Express imploding. You know what? Uh, Bart and Bob Holly was possibly the only match I have a little bit of respect for in the yeah. uh, Brawl for All because they actually try and make it a bit more entertaining by having a little bit of a story in it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the only story, the only storyline is in this yeah, match. Yeah, it's so odd because, you know, everything we've seen of Bart and Bob Two hours, different. three minutes of story. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And it was a story as well that caused Jim Cornette to resign as an on-air talent who can no longer be a manager because he was so pissed <laughs> off that they would book his tag team against each other with no pills. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in this fight, we do get the, the one thing coming out of this that no one expected and that's a Bart Gunn is a fucking fighter. Uh, he, he's a beast. He's a beast. He had done some tough man competitions, and you know, other than being, you know, he was in the smoking guns with with Billy Gunn at one point, and he's doing this new Midnight Express gimmick, which was the fucking shit. Mm. Was he bombastic or bodacious? Who cares? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> Two of them here, they have a, a bit of a fucking slobber knocker, it must be said. And Bart wins on he wins on decision, but it looks like it several times. He is it's the first time he thinks someone's going to get knocked out, maybe. Yeah, and he's going for it. It's clear. He's being it, this is actually relentless. one of the few matches where it's actually clear that he's won by decision. Yeah. You know, most of them, it's like, he won by decision. You're like, really? Did he? I, I, he could have gone to either of them. I can't tell. Yeah. Coming up next, it's another man, which is very interesting, this tournament for uh, Dr. Death Steve Williams. 
mm. taking on Quebecer Pierre. Quebecer Pierre, who's got an eye patch? Yeah, why? Just half of Vader's mask, just put that on half his face. I think he like lost a bet to the Mountie and he bet his eye or something yeah. like that. Perhaps. Right, okay. Dr. Death, Steve Williams, this whole tournament was designed solely for him. The idea was that the tournament was going to be there, it was a legit tough man tournament. Dr. Death was coming in, who, check out this stuff in Japan, he was a fucking beast. He was meant to come over, he was meant to kill everyone in the tournament, win this tough man competition, and then allegedly the plan was him and Steve Austin, who's the toughest guy in the Wow, WF. okay. And Dr. Death, he's not a trained boxer, but he was an NCAA uh, champion. He was like a hell of a wrestler. And he was a fucking brick shithouse. Yeah, the eyes huge, of, of Dr. Huge Death. Huge, scary guy. He looks like the, uh, the cockroach man from Men in Black. <laughs> evil, evil face. Watching this, this fight, it made me think of uh, something which I brought up to you, you two yesterday about the points. In that, if Steve Williams was supposed to come over and he was supposed to be the winner of this tournament, mm. that would mean to a degree the tournament is fixed. So I would say it's fixed, it was points, rigged. The points, <laughs> points, the point system yeah, are... That's a clear indicator because of Because uh, in, this, in this match, the points that Williams gets are much higher than the points everyone else has got. Because he's getting the takedowns, isn't he's, it? He's or knockdowns or stuff But like I, I don't know if it is necessarily because of that. I think, it, are they just giving him more points because they're trying to get this guy I'd over? actually say Steve Williams is one of the only guys where the actual point system does work because he is kicking ass and, you know, it makes sense for him to, get, to be getting loads of points. It's in the earlier matches where, like, you know, the guys will be really evenly matched, but then some guy will have, like, a 20-point lead, and that's where it seems really arbitrary and you've got no idea what it really means. Yeah, but, uh, it's, but it's funny, the presentation of Dr. Death here, though, I mean, he's, like, Jim Ross is obviously a massive fan of, of Dr. Death. Yeah, constantly singing his praises and also his accomplishments on commentary so it is kind of an indication that they want him to do very well well ladies and gentlemen the Dr. Ness football coach of Oklahoma University and former Super Bowl winning coach of the Dallas Cowboys Barry Switzer had a few words to say about Doc uh, he liked to dominate he liked to hurt people uh, I, and in wrestling, I've seen him take uh, a, a lick one time that gashed his eyes open, uh, a big cut above his eyes. He had 108 stitches placed uh, in his eye from a wrestling match. Uh, he's a guy that uh, you don't have to kill the guy to defeat him because he believes that he can whip any man that he lines up against one-on-one. -on -one. Gentlemen, keep your punches up. No headbutting, no elbowing, no kicking. When I ask you to break, I'll tap you on the shoulder and I need you to break. If you do not break, I will count to five. Well, folks, uh, there's some speculation break, regarding the uh, Pierre's uh, eye patch and the fact that uh, he may or may breaking. not have vision and only one eye. Some folks say it's a little bit of a camouflage. I'm not uh, really sure. Take down. Ten points for a knockdown. I mean, you think he can so see through that? No way. Gentlemen, go to your corner when the bell rings. Come out fighting. I'm not Good saying luck. that. It takes courage in, in any in any environment to get into this uh, sort of competition. It isn't boxing and it isn't wrestling. It's brawl for all. And a little extra courage to face a guy with the reputation of Dr. Death. There's a takedown already right off the bat. Five We're about points. two seconds into the match. Dr. Death with five points in the early going here. And Pierre's got to throw some heavy leather here and keep his distance from the former four-time wrestling All-American. Wow. And Doc with some heavy rights and lefts now. Now looking for another takedown. You knocked the rope. You knocked the rope. Break it, break it. Oh, the left hand got in on the break. I don't think well, yeah, and there is actually a little bit more evidence that it's somewhat to a degree rigged, which we'll get into later when we uh, have a moment involving Dan Seven. Oh, yes. Well, okay, Quebecer Pierre gets our first TKO of the night. He gets knocked Finally, yeah. right out. No way, but he is. The fatigue is setting in. There's a hard shot right to the ribs, and you got to hit it to Pierre. He, at least he's trying, to, he's trying to throw. And I don't think it's fatigue. I think it's those big haymakers that the doc has been landing here. I guarantee you're not going to see this anywhere else. Hey, look at Doc. It's almost now. Protect yourself. Protect yourself. Again, he's only got one eye. No other federation would ever even dare put their athletes in this environment. 
two, three. Well, their athletes would have the guts four, to do this. Dr. Death five, looks to be fresh. Six, you got five, and I don't know if Pierre's got anything left. That's it. He's that's it. And the referee's calling it that's off. It. The referee has just stopped the match. Vicious debut for one of the toughest men who ever laced boots, Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Make all these shots that Dr. Death landed here in a row on Pierre. They took their toll. Pierre was out on his feet, and I think the referee was right Boom. stopping this. Oh, man. Yeah, but you know, you, know, you get those beautiful, graceful knockouts in, uh, in the UFC, and just the guy literally just dinks them, and then says, boom, lights out. And it's like, wow, mouth guard falls out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Here it's just it's like watching a fucking wildebeest be put down. Like it's like a cow being taken around the back and being shot in the head. Just go bleh. It's <laughs> yeah, so it's just, rough. It's a long, just slow knockout. It takes crumbles. ages. And you can tell as well, Doctor Death half kills himself to to do it. It's oh like, yeah, he not, wears the shit out of himself. Not worth it. I mean, we get a little bit of crowd reaction for a knockout, but again, it's like, do you want to be knocking out guys on your roster? Yeah, is that it's, really a good idea to be knocking out your talent on TV? Yeah. Well, coming up next, then it's uh, our second to final opening round contest. We're still on the opening rounds. Well, we're just going through the opening rounds. Need to find out who was there. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll get speed through the next rounds, really, because there's a lot of weird shit that happens. Godfather taking on Dan to be severed. We all love Dan Severn. We yes. can tell straight away Dan Severn means fucking business. As he comes out, he's the only man who's applied Vaseline to his face. Yeah, yeah. quite clearly. Greasy, greasy Looking face. even more murderous than he did uh, in the one we were talking about. Didn't think that was possible. And he continues to wear his little grey t-shirt throughout the entire match for some reason. Yeah. Actually, very funny story about this. I've got to catch Shabrock shoot recently. And I don't know what I mean. This could just be catch up a few dickhead. But him and Dan were in the ring once for a, a, a fight on Raw around this time. And you know, Ken comes in just, and he's sitting in the ring. And then Dan comes in, you know, he's doing his bit with the mouth guard. And he's about to take his shirt off. And he's taking it off. And then apparently someone in the headset goes to the referee, tell Dan to put his shirt on. And the referee has to go over to Dan, whisper in the corner, mate, put your shirt back on, yeah? And then Dan just goes like this, and then they have their match. And it's really sad, because they were like, they thought he didn't have a good enough body, apparently. That's horrible. Now, that That's could just really be, mean. That could just be Ken now talking shite on a shoot interview, as they tend to do with those. But yeah. it's kind of but sad, like, if, yeah. you, if you grew up on the mean streets, you're going you're gonna to talk some smack, aren't you? Aren't you? So Dan Severn's basically the fat kid at the pool who has to wear his T-shirt. Yeah. I don't make fun of Dan Severn, Ken. Have a nice cheesecake and a cup of coffee with him instead. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> Godfather is now doing the full Godfather gimmick, and he's all like... Hey, Dan, you can either shoot fight me, or you can shoot fight all these hoes. Fair looks to Dan Severn as well, taking on a man who actually does have a bit of fighting experience in The Godfather, who outweighs him by around 100 pounds and is around a foot taller than him. So, I mean... Fighting experience? In the yeah, um, when he, he did actually, because he grew up in Las Vegas, he trained in a lot of like uh, fighting gyms and stuff like that. Did so. not know yeah, that. Yeah, his original gimmick, Kama, was the ultimate fighting machine. It was like 1985 UFC kind of stuff. Ah. So yeah, little known fact about Papa Shango there. Um, so yeah, um, Dan Severn... Pretty much kicks ass in this, but yeah, he, kicks, yeah. he doesn't kick ass on anyone else's terms but his own, yeah? Yeah. You're gonna get no flashy, uh, high flying maneuvers or kicks or punches. He takes him down, goes for a submission, realizes there's no submissions, gets up, <laughs> takes him down, goes for a submission, <laughs> <laughs> rinse and repeat over three rounds. I think Dan gets like 590 points in this submission. <laughs> Now, Dan wins this, but we don't see Dan in the next round because Dan claims he has nothing left to prove in a very wooden promo. And the Godfather certainly uh, is back in this tournament because Dan Severn has withdrawn. Godfather met Severn, lost a close decision there, but we, Dan Severn, I think, is standing by. And, and Dan, why did you withdraw? A man of my stature, I have nothing to prove. When I have a score to settle, I will do it when my hands are not bound. 
Well, there's your answer there, JR. Whoa! He's a king. Because that's the pinnacle of his, uh, of his career, being the godfather in a shoot fight. He, has to, he doesn't have to achieve anymore. Just, I've, done, I've done everything He's done what he do. came to do. He's, He's beat the streak. He's this is what his era. life's work has come to, is beating the godfather At in a shitty fucking shoot fight. 15 minutes into a roar. It's him and Dana White drinking cognac, smoking cigars, watching old VHS rips. <laughs> I did it! <laughs> this segment is so odd though, because it's the only time I've ever seen Dan Seven wearing something other than his grey t-shirt. It just cuts to him backstage wearing like a full suit. And he's like, good evening ladies and gentlemen, I will not be fighting tonight. And he looks like Daniel Plainview from the <laughs> I've abandoned my child! I've abandoned my child! I've abandoned my boy! I've abandoned the bro for all tournaments! <laughs> So yes, Severin now claims he has nothing left to prove. Now there's two versions of the story. Version one of the story is that they asked Dan to stop because they realised that he was just going to probably win and get to the finals and do it by just taking guys down. And beat yeah. Dr. And, death. And, and he'd beat Dr. Death, but he'll do it boring. Right, okay. Yeah. You know. We don't want Brawl for All to be fucking boring, do we? Oh no, heaven, oh, God heaven, heaven for yeah. We don't want that to happen. Dan himself, he said it to Sherdog in the interview, he, apparently they wanted to nip it in the bud, so they politely asked him to not win. Uh, sorry, not, not enough to win, but not to, just to continue. Right. The other story of that was that apparently he got cold feet and was like, shit, I don't want to do this, because he was worried about getting knocked out by someone like Bradshaw or Dr. Death, and then inevitably when his WWF contract went up, he won't be able to get a fight anywhere. Because like, you lost to the phony restaurant TV. I don't know who's, again, there's no way of knowing. That, that, yeah, I can they're believe, both very likely. I can believe both the stories. I can yeah. believe both of them, yeah. But it, it could be both. It, it could be, you know, they asked him to step down, he's actually like, well, yeah, that's kind of good because I don't want to get knocked out or whatever. But yeah. It's a shame to think of Dan Severn in that way, sort of, you know, being like, I don't want to get knocked out, but mm, if that's the case, I can see where he's coming from. I mean, either way, I, I, wouldn't, blame, I wouldn't blame him either way, if you know what I mean. Yeah. No. I mean, it's, it's stupid. It's like, it's sloppy, and you've got guys not trained throwing like... Well, yeah, he's above this kind of tournament. Yeah, he should no, be definitely. fighting in real tournaments, not it's, this shit. It's silly. I mean, but anyway, A-ball and Scorpio. Scorpio <laughs> gets the bejesus knocked out of him in the first few moments, and then he makes miraculously a comeback of the most boring kind which is he lands the most punches in two rounds he comes back on a technicality yeah great Ooh, keep the dream alive so uh I don't know 8ball is banished back to the realms of cyberspace with mr.com problems are starting now we're into you know the, the quarterfinals Mark Merrow gets through because Steve Batman got injured so Mark Merrow fights Bradshaw and he loses on points so I mean again now it's already we've had two guys it's already falling apart yeah Savio Vega loses to draws but in the fight he loses to draws he gets injured he aggravates an old arm injury and he never wrestles again Wow. So we lose Savio Vega from the Brawl I didn't realise that tournament. was the end of him here. I know, it's it's such a, a tragic, like, how, how to end in the Brawl for All. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't like Savio Vega, but what a way to end your career on this shit. The opposite downer. of a WrestleMania moment. Yeah. Your Brawl yeah. for All moment, when I injured my arm in a crap match with draws. Poor fella. Uh, Bart Gunn, now, here's the big the big story of the whole thing then. In our third quarter final, it's Bart Gunn taking on Dr. Death Steve Williams. Mm. Straight away. Right, Steve Williams will win. Uh, Definitely. Normal. Yeah, of course. Jim Ross, though, you can tell there's a little bit of trepidation in his voice. He's sweating butter at ringside. <laughs> <laughs> it's all looking good. Uh, Bart is fucking impressive in this. Yeah. And uh, allegedly what happens here, I, again, I didn't notice this until I uh, read up on it, but apparently Dr. Death tore his hamstring in the second round. Right. Which is why he started getting pelted more, because he couldn't manoeuvre because Bart was faster than him yeah. and he messed up his hamstring. Mm. So he gets these big shots from, from Bart. And this is actually really fucking, obviously this is entertaining. I mean, this is cool. Well, this, 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 this is, this is one of the only good matches, yeah. I mean, if you had a roster full of these kind of guys, I mean, well, I don't know, it would just be UFC then. Yeah, you know? just make a new division. You yeah. Know? You don't need or, this. Or just don't do wrestling. Make up your fucking minds, like. Pick one. So, yeah, this is really uh, amazing. But, of course, the moment that comes and no one expects, Dr. Death gets knocked the fuck out by Bart Gunn. And it's, it's a spectacular knockout. It's a big knockout. knockout. He's brought something to 
Francis. Obviously, this, like you say, this whole thing was set up as a means to introduce Steve Williams and get him to be, you know, the, the next man. big guy or whatever. And neither of you guys had heard of Dr. Death before he watched this. No. The only reason so. I knew of him is because I had a toy of him when I was younger for some <laughs> random reason. He was an attitude as well. Oh, was he? Yeah. Do not recall. Secret character, though. So. Oh. But what actually happened to him after this? Because this was a disaster, obviously. So where did he go from here? He appeared on Raw later in the summer doing a little bit. You know, Jim Ross leaves because he has a he has a tackle Bell's, Bell's, Bell's palsy. Comes back around WrestleMania 99 and they start running an angle on Raw where Jim Ross is like, I ain't got no respect no more. And he like, he's a heel and Dr. Death is his heavy and Dr. Death like roughs up a few wrestlers. Right. You know. So can we expect to see more Dr. Death? Not or? on the podcast in the pay-per-view series, ah. no. So okay. they had that role and then Dr. Death, he, you know, he went to WCW for a bit and he was involved. Do you know the Oklahoma character? No, no. Fitz Russo, the writer, he went to WCW in late 99. He took Ed Ferreira, who was his writing partner, with him. And one of the first things they did was come up with a character called Oklahoma, who was Ed Ferreira, the writing assistant. He's kind of fat guy. Uh, dressed up like Jim Ross and doing a fake Bell's Palsy face. Oh! Oh, look at that! Drop kick from the top row! That's how you do it. you got to speak in sound bites, son. You speak in sound bites, and that's all you need to do. Tony, this he's guy knows what stick. he's doing! He's got the stick! He has got the stick! Piñata! 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 Who's that? Who's he? Is that Hoovy? Uh, yeah. Hoovy! Yeah, I think Hoovy, he... Hoovy, Piñata! Oh! And he's down! Jesus. Uh, I know, we might as well, we're going to talk about this eventually. You've had Bell's palsy, Billy. What does that, you know, I mean, seeing, hearing about something like this, is it tasteless? Is it offensive? Or? Is it offensive? Well... I mean, to us, we, I mean, we find it offensive, but I mean, you know. We're outsiders. So we're outsiders. We could be well, overreacting, I, I, we could be underreacting. I had my main bout of Bell's Palsy when I was in year four, which would have made me nine or eight or nine. Yeah, right. Like around that sort of age. That's when I had my first bout of Bell's Palsy. Um, and that was horrible uh, for the first time. And I've, I've had it sort of on and off ever since. Just had little moments of it. I've never had, a, like, since then, I've never had, like, a huge bout of it. I'm all right with it, like... Because obviously, well, so you haven't even seen the bit we're talking about. Are you? I haven't, yes, I haven't no. seen. I'd have to see it, but um, I'm I'm okay with it because it was something that happened to me as a, as a kid. Mm. So if, if if it happened to me again really badly now, yeah, and then I watch this stuff and you know, and I I, I had the same level of bullying as like Jr. got over it. I'm yeah. sure I would be offended. Because I mean, Jr. got his late his last the the bout of Bell's palsy they were making fun of. Jr. got like after his mother died, you know, Jesus. and it's like how low are you going to do? Down, yeah. yeah, and I mean. I, I mean, I always thought it was very sad that Doctor Death's last like few national TV appearances were in WCW attached to that. With that, and he was real life very close friends with Jim Ross. They're both Oklahoma guys, like, you oh. know. And it was just I always felt he probably got a big fucking nice check for it. Obviously, that's all. I mean, he, I mean, he's got to got to make money, you know. Yeah. But it's just horrible. It's just- stabbing your friend in the back for a bit of money. I don't, I don't think. I mean, Jim Ross has said publicly he's like you know 
it's not his fault. I mean, the, yeah. it, the, it's not up to the wrestler what they put well, out. Well, I know, there, yeah. You know? If you're signed as a contracted guy, you're told to go out and do something. You know, Dr. Death didn't have creative control, even have stroke, brother. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I, I just find it's kind of sad. Dr. Death was an amazing wrestler in, like, Japan. He had some amazing matches in WCW in the 80s. I'd suggest people to go and look at him. But, yeah, he passed away from cancer a few years ago. But he never got his big WWF run, which was sad. And it was, yeah, the brawl for all. I mean, you could pinpoint the moment Jim Ross's heart breaks on commentary when yeah. he gets knocked See, out. That, that's so sad, because this is going to be one of those things now where you think, like, Dr. Death had all this potential. A serious what-if moment. Like, how different would WWF have been if it wasn't for that match? If Dr. Death went on to win this, just the landscape of it could have been completely changed. Well, we definitely if, would have seen, like, yeah. Steve Austin versus even if Steve bracket, Williams. Yeah. Even if the bracket was one thing different and he didn't end up fighting... Yeah, yeah. didn't tear his hands straight away. Straight away. How odd. Because if he got to the finals, at least, and got to show off a lot of stuff, it was the fact that, I mean, he knocked out a man with one eye and then got knocked out. Yeah. It doesn't... It's not a dominant yeah. make it to the end. Yeah. It, it is a shame. In this match, little, you know, you got to pick up on what entertainment you can find in this goddamn thing. We have the one Jerry Lawler moment I actually noticed in this entire tournament. <laughs> I noticed anything. Jerry Jerry's quite sedated throughout. I mean, yeah, everyone is. I, I it, doesn't, it doesn't give a shit. The commentators no are like. No one gives a shit. They're doing the 1998 version of checking their Twitter accounts, yeah. whatever that well, is. Well, obviously, the reason why he perks up in this one is because Godfather brings out all of his hoes. Of so course. Jerry's paying attention for once. And yeah, Godfather makes a deal of like, you know, you can take all these hoes if you just walk away or whatever. And then Jerry goes, oh yeah, imagine if Scorpio actually took those, he took the offer, you know. Imagine the footage we'd see of that next week. Yeah. The footage! Yeah, he basically says he wants to see a sex tape with Scorpio in it. And three ladies, three hoes. Scorpio, yeah. Scorpio once got the nickname Baby Arm from Harley Race. Oh, Jesus. It, it's, his, it's his willy, it's really big. It looks like but a baby's arm, mate. Like it's so massive. Right, yeah. right. I know, you're right, I mean, you haven't seen a baby in a while, it's hard for the reference yeah. to kick in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any babies. <laughs> okay, semi finals. Bradshaw wins against Draws on points. You know, yep. there you go. Uh, Bart Gunn knocks out the Godfather. And then it comes to Bradshaw and Bart Gunn in the finals. This is actually quite... I like the I finals. I like this match. I, love, I mean, if Bart didn't win, I would have been happy for Bradshaw to win this. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to see Bradshaw win. Bradshaw is just a brick fucking shithouse. Um, both, Bra- both deserve to be in the final. I yeah, think. I think oh, yeah, so, yeah. Definitely. They both looked impressive throughout it. Well, uh, Bradshaw especially looks impressive because at the start of it, JR refers to him as being a Brahma bull. Oh, yeah! Which you can't say, because I'm pretty sure they'd already started using that at this point, hadn't they? No, they hadn't. Oh, really? I this thought they had. This was just before The Rock's had turned face, because so The Rock was still heel Nation Rock at this point, and he didn't refer to himself as the Brahma Bull for a little bit after this. Oh, right, so maybe that was like, you know, he just said it, and he was like, wait, wait a minute, I like that. You know. Yeah, The Rock is watching Brawl. Because <laughs> <laughs> he hates life. So, yeah, we, we're final here. When we're told, you know, we get the... We get the, the money for the winner. It's pretty spectacular. I honestly was watching this thinking, Brad shows is such a big bastard, he's never going to get knocked out. Mm. But he does. Uh, Bart knocks him Proper right out. knocked out, yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, they have Bradshaw in the corner, and he's like, I'm okay, I'm okay. Oh, you're clearly not okay. No, no idea. There's a couple, there's a couple of punches where, where you look at Bradshaw after he's been punched, he, he really doesn't know which way is up. He Lights has no idea where he is. I know, we're going to talk about the injuries and whatnot now in a second, but obviously the injuries they were just talking about, you know, injuries that people got taken off the shelf for. This is 1998. A lot of guys got knocked fucking silly here, so if they had, you know, the impact concussion testing that they have now, then, our injury list would be a lot Everyone longer. Everyone would be out, yeah. Brad, I mean, guys, oh God, they, got, they got knocked out. Yeah. Knocking your wrestlers out. That's a fucking idiot move. Yeah. Absolutely insane. So there you go. Bart Gunn wins Brawl for All. Gets his 50 grand. And, and then, uh, of course, goes on to have one of the greatest careers of wrestling history. Uh, yeah. Didn't happen that Can you way, explain right? what happened to Bart Gunn, please, Kevin? Yeah, we'll explain all now. So we're going to get in and talk about the aftermath of the Brawl for All tournament. Seven! Can he go? Hey, are you okay? Are you okay? You okay? Let's go. Well, this may not last much longer. Oh, there it is. Oh, my God. 
Will you take a look at a guy that has just made a name for himself in this business and earned it every step of the way? Hey, he, he knocked out some tough SOBs to get here. You ain't kidding. These are some of the toughest guys in this business, folks. I'm no tough guy, but believe me, these are some of the toughest people in the world. Are you going to see this anywhere guy. else? Nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. You've got guys with the cojones to get in this thing, and then you got one guy cleaning everybody's clock. Okie dokie. Now we're going to talk a little bit about the aftermath of the uh, the Brawl for All tournament. You were mentioned straight away, Bart Gunn, mm. what happened to him? It was kind of funny that it was actually a big moment, you know, him getting his, his check and winning and all that stuff. And you can just tell Jim Ross and commentary, he's like, no, I want to put this man over. Uh. We'll get to it on the timeline, WrestleMania 15. Um, he has a ne another opportunity. Oh, okay, so, so it's a to-be-concluded kind of situation. To-be-concluded. I was going to talk about it here, but it's going to be on the timeline. We can, Let's we, not spoil we'll, it. We'll refer back to it. But yeah. Bart Gunn has a big moment, and it was a big moment. He should have seen it for what it was, which was an opportunity to be embarrassed and killed on pay-per-view. But he went ahead with it anyway. He takes on Butterbean in WrestleMania 15. Oh, okay. Right. And I'm not going to spoil what happens, Billy. But I think you might spoil it for yourself if you do that thing where you close your eyes and pictures form in your yeah. head. <laughs> well, if, uh, if, if uh, Jackass uh, 2 is anything to go by, Bargain's going to get the knock the fuck out. Oh, this is 1998 uh, ring-shaped Butterbean as well, man. That guy, yeah. you know, he was, uh, he was uh, a... Mean motherfucker. Doing cardio, doing his DDP yoga. You know, uh, he, was, <laughs> he was a mean machine. Bargain, literally nothing happened, WWF career-wise. Popped up now and then on the undercard, mm. nothing happened, bar his brawl for all thing. He did go on to have a semi-respectable career in Japan, because, as I mentioned before, Dr. Death was like, you know, he was a, he made his name in Japan. Yeah. He he wrestled five-star matches in Japan, you know. So did he get the, this guy knocked out, Dr. Death? Exactly. Oh, okay. The Japanese fans, of course, are very knowledgeable, very respectful. Yeah. They see this guy with a bit of an aura, kind of like, oh shit, you know, that's, you know, that's the guy who, who killed the guy, you know. Yeah. Uh, so... You know, he, it wasn't as if he like he ruled Japanese wrestling, but he had he carved himself a nice you know few oh, moments. Fair okay, yeah, fair play to him. I mean, they did a where are they now thing with him. He's gone from wrestling. He appeared in the Raw 15th anniversary battle royale. Which oh, did nice. he? Came out to the brawl for all music. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, that is nothing happened, and I mean, I, the, the, I suppose the main story is it's like the what if, what what if Steve Williams? That's what it should have been. Yeah. That's where it should have been. It didn't happen because that could have been interesting. Butterbean versus Dr. that would Death. not have happened, Billy, and you know it. <laughs> yeah, they would, clearly that match was set up as being yeah, yeah. backup. But we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, you know, coming on down the line to be concluded. Uh, in terms of injuries, Steve Blackman got injured. He mm -hmm. missed TV for several weeks because of the injury he sustained against Mark Merrow. Road Warrior Hawk also got injured. He was gone for, for several weeks as well um, because of this. Of course, then we had Savio Vega, as you mentioned, he having that career, uh, career ending, ending injury. Yeah. yeah, there you go. I mean, it went on. I've got a nice quote here. I, mean, I think it sums up nicely the, uh, the Brawl for All tournament. It's from a, a favourite on the show here, Mr. James E. Cornett. He described the Brawl for All tournament as this. There have been a lot of stupid things done in professional wrestling. As far as ongoing things that did more damage to the business, more damage to the talent that didn't work and went on for so fucking long, the Brawl for All was probably the world's stupidest thing and took the prize for the stupidest thing the WWF has ever done and will ever do. Good God! Sums it up quite nicely there, I think. Sums it up yeah. quite yeah. nicely. Guys, I, I'd agree with that. Final thoughts. Final thoughts on the Ruffle. Billy, you mean, we, we did our darndest to keep this a secret from you. Yeah. You thought we were uh, going to be reviewing Brawling Buddies, but yeah, it was not I that. Did. Well, uh, I wrote, when I was writing my notes yesterday, um, I, I wrote some words uh, on the paper as a customary note about the first match and the Witch Meredith Blackman. Yeah. And I think this can be applied to Brawl for All. Uh, I wrote, pile of shit. <laughs> Boring pile of shit. 
That was it. That's pretty, all he's pretty written pretty on his Yeah, pretty yeah. concise, straight to the point, accurate. It's, yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's definitely just one of those. I mean, people can go on, you know, documentaries and shoots and all that and kind of go, oh, you know, it was a unique concept and it could have worked. It never could have worked. Never in a million years could have worked. Yeah. I mean, the only way they could have done this was where they actually did it as a work, but told the guys to work stiff. Like, have yeah. Bradshaw in there and, like, have it, like, you know, put your terminal on the board. And make put all these people in it who no one gives a shit about. Because yeah. no, because it's not as if someone is going to turn around in a ten-match card filled with predetermined fake wrestling matches and go, but that one was, was, was fake. You know, then people know it's fake. They're at a wrestling show. They would have liked to see... They wouldn't have crucified this angle if it was predetermined. Yeah. And I think they could have gotten Dr. Death over that way. And it would have been yeah. safer. And they wouldn't have injured everyone. Like Stupid. fucking morons. I think my greatest disappointment with this is because I all I knew of Brawl for Raw before this was I knew what it was. I knew it was, you know, a shoot fighting tournament. And I knew it was, you know, reportedly terrible and famously bad. My biggest disappointment with this is because I thought it'd be like, oh, this is great, tragic, sort of failing from the 90s. This would be amazing. It'd be so interesting. Like, like watching Plan 9 or something yeah, like that. Like, yeah. Oh, this is going to be so awesome to watch this horrible little crappy thing. But in fact, it wasn't the right kind of bad where you find it entertaining. This is the kind of bad where I just found it boring. It wasn't. Yeah. It was boring. And that was his cardinal sin. It exactly. Yeah. It, it's just, I, I found so little value in this. I couldn't even find any entertainment in how awful it was. It was just dull and terrible. Yeah. Well, well we They did not put the entertainment in sports entertainment. They didn't. And. You this know is what? The darkest I... day since fully loaded, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Well, at least they didn't commercially release this. I mean, you know, yeah, they're not that God. stupid. Final thought for me on this one is I just had to love after the first fight and people were chanting, We want wrestling and boring. The reactions back when Vince McMahon realized he's gonna he's committed to this for nine more weeks, and Eric Bischoff realizes he's got nine segments coming up over the next nine weeks where he's guaranteed to win the rating <laughs> So there you go. Match of the night, MVP. <laughs> Fuck off! No way. Sorry, it would it would besmirch the legacy of the men who have earned that honor. <laughs> so there you go. That's it. That's prop for all. It was a bonus episode. We'll probably do a few more bonus episodes scattered around the timeline and put the opportunities. And uh, yeah, as always, you can catch us on SoundCloud or on iTunes. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating or review. It can help us out an awful lot. And check us out on Twitter as well. We live tweet raw. Talk about wrestling in general. It's at AE Podcast. And go over to Facebook and give us a like at facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. Good lord, this was a tough one to get through. Yeah, I hope it was entertaining because, you know, it was real fucking tough having to watch that. So I hope yeah. the listeners get some sort of enjoyment out of this. There, was, there were several moments where we all said, you know, let's have a look at the computer. How, how long have we got left? We can't go much long left. We've only caught way through. Uh, <laughs> we've, only, we've only watched 15 minutes of this two hour. Yeah, Lord of the Rings it ain't. Alright, we'll catch you next time on the Attitude Era podcast. Mm-hmm.